Hey y'all, this is Gretchen from Always a Lessons Empowering Educators Podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts, but make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. I wound up getting a job in my same high school, secondary social studies. It was the dream. I'm teaching U.S. history. This is fantastic. And that first year went so bad. And that was basically, um, I would call that type one burnout, Mm -hmm. where I'm just worn out. I just was steamrolled. I had no idea how how you teach 28 kids at a time. Hello, Burned In teachers, and welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. One part burnout and all other parts, action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. This is episode 17, and you just heard Tom Mullaney talking about his unexpected rough transition from a special education teacher into the full-time classroom teacher position. Tom Mullaney is the digital learning coach at Carroll Middle School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tom's education experience includes special education, social studies, educational technology coaching, and even a year in district office. He is a Google certified innovator and trainer and the author of Ted Ed's French Revolution Lesson. In this episode, you're going to hear him share about his teaching journey, and it's an interesting one that has taken him all over the United States. You're also going to hear us talk ed tech and how he dealt with the unintended consequences of the changes that he made to his teaching career. And finally, you're going to hear his advice and experience with sharing your game-changing ideas because Tom believes that we all, yes, we all have game-changing ideas that can serve other educators. This month's theme is EdTech, and it's a perfect place to talk about sharing. Let's listen in. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. I'm so happy that you're here with us. It is my pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about you. You know, what's your teaching journey like? I mean, just from reading about you and doing a little bit of research, you are a teacher of traveling experience. That is true. I have worked in education in four states now, and those mm-hmm. states are mostly close together with the exception of one. So New York, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and California. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my 16th year of education. 12 of those have been in the classroom. The other four have been either ed tech coaching or in district office. I'm currently an ed tech coach at a middle school, a Carroll Middle School in Raleigh, North Carolina. And my origin really was special education. I was in special education for 12 years and social studies then two. Most of that time, I've, I've taught grades four to 12, but really most of that time, with the exception of one year of fourth five inclusion, uh, has been evenly split between middle and high school. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So, so tell us a little bit about those different experiences and, you know, what you've kind of gleaned from each of those. Sure. So I was in special education for 10 years. And in that time, I taught in inner city schools. I taught in suburban high schools. And for 10 years, you know, knock on wood, I say knock on wood, even though it's like long past, but I, didn't, I was never sued. <laughs> I, I don't know that I had a special gift or aptitude for special education. It was just a way for me to get into education, which is something I realized a couple of years after graduating college. And so the easiest way in is where the highest need is, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in special education, I think I learned a lot. If you've ever seen Rick Lavoie speak, uh, you, you know, throw in your Google machine, Rick Lavoie, fat city, frustration, anxiety, tension. You learn so much just about working with, with children such great stuff. And toward the end of that time, so say years eight, nine, 10 in my career, I had what you would call type three burnout, where I just didn't feel motivated by the work. If you know anything about me, my desk is a mess of papers and it all makes sense in my head, but I could never explain my organization system to anyone else. And so much of special education is, hey, are you organized? Mm -hmm. And so that just wasn't appealing to me. My same high school, secondary social studies, it was the dream. I'm teaching U.S. history. This is fantastic. And that first year went so bad. And that was basically, um, I would call that type one burnout, Mm -hmm. where I'm just worn out. I just was steamrolled. I had no idea how how you teach 28 kids at a time. And so that really, that put me in a place where I just, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in education. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can be hard whenever you have a certain expectation for a job, and then it turns out not to be exactly what you expected. Just tell me a little bit more about that, about so, why it was okay. so challenging. So uh, John Green, uh, you know, everyone knows him as an author. I know him as the crash course guy. And he, I think it's his U.S. history video where he talks about how after the compromise of 1850, we extended from sea to sea. We had everything we wanted. And that's when the trouble starts. And that's really what happened mm-hmm. for me. I arrive, I'm all excited. I'm going to revolutionize social studies, history teaching. And I just get steamrolled. I had no business being in front of a room of 28 11th grade students. I just, I had no capacity. I wasn't able to successfully apply what I had learned in special education. I was up you know, I made those, hey, let me get up at 4, 4.30. Let me be in the building the second the doors open, which was probably about 5, 5.30, and absolutely miserable and thinking to myself, well, how do I get out? What's the exit strategy? How am I going to make a living if I'm not in education and I've spent 11 years in this profession building up that? What am I going to do from here? So mm-hmm. there was a real hopelessness there for a little mm-hmm. bit. I can feel listeners on the other end of this shaking their heads yes. You know, if, if you've ever suffered from that worn out burnout, your your only <laughs> your only solace away from how miserable you are is thinking about what you can do besides what you're doing now. And that's a that's a really tough place to be in. So so what did you do to to solve that burnout? Did you make a change? Is that when you made the change? So after that first year? So I had a lot of good fortune, and let's be honest, luck plays such a role in our outcome, right? Mm -hmm. My wife uh, is in technology. She's a web programmer. She's really good at what she does, and she was in a group called Girl Develop It. It exists in a lot of cities. 
Um, and in Philadelphia, they had a session on writing resumes. And she knew I was looking and trying to figure out what to do next. And so we attend this a session with a gentleman named Anthony Gold. If you go to his website, it's anthonysdesk.com. I highly recommend it. And through Girl Develop, and by the way, those that identify as men are welcome. And anyone of all genders are welcome. But it's the mission of Girl Develop it is to say, hey, women in technology, you know, we're going to help you step it up. This is a male-dominated field, and we're going to change that. Mm-hmm. So because they were so gracious about letting me attend this thing, um, Anthony basically talks to you about your resume. And I have some bad news for you. Your resume is terrible. We all write resumes that are these laundry lists of of duties. Mm -hmm. No, tell a compelling story. Write a narrative that that says, here's the problem, here here was your solution, and here is the impact. It's a little tough in education. We don't sell widgets, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That got me thinking, okay, well, what can I do in my school that's going to be innovative and creative and change things for the better? Around the same time, my principal comes to me and says, Tom, you're teaching 8th, 9th, and 10th next year. Great. Three preps. Joy. This is going to get worse. (laughs) And 8th and 9th are going to be Chromebook Pilot. That was it. That was it. All right. So technology. I said my wife is in technology. My classroom was going to be compelling. It wasn't going to be a bad imitation of my Catholic school days from the 80s and 90s. It was going to be a good thing. And I just went down that path. I borrowed a Chromebook from them over the summer before the kids ever got it. I mocked it the day I received it. Oh, what is this cheap piece of plastic? This looks terrible. A week later, I am at a coffee shop diving into the Google training center, whatever it was called back then, and loving the device and thinking like, oh, wow, I can do some things with this. Mm -hmm. And that really, so that second year of social studies it, it was a dream. I've never had a better. I never had a better year in the classroom, and I was teaching the dreaded three preps. That was great. Mm-hmm. The only time I didn't like was you know being with my U.S. history class while I'd figured out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not having the devices meant a lot of trips to the computer lab. There are so many things about what you just said that sparked my interest. Number one, how the irony of you expecting going from special education into teaching social studies was a terrible experience for you. It was not what you expected. Mm-hmm. And then how, when you were asked to move or told rather that you were moving to eighth, ninth and 10th, how you expected it to be awful. And it turned out to be absolutely wonderful for you. So I think there's a, a lesson and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a lesson to be learned there that the experience is what you make it. It's not what you typically just expect it to be. So But what I also feel like I want to highlight is how I don't feel like you would have found that passion in in Google and using those using the did you say Chromebooks? It was we had HP Chromebooks for for my eighth and ninth grade kids. So if you weren't looking for something to spark your interest, you know, something for you to to ignite that passion again. Um, do you feel like you would have had such a good experience in that eighth, ninth and tenth grade? Uh, teaching experience? Well, let me put it to you a couple ways. One, I had figured out a lot of the classroom management dynamics. Mm-hmm. And two, from Anthony's suggestions, and it, and a lot of this stuff is on his website, it, it made me realize, like, 
I do have game-changing skills. We all do. We all have something, especially, I, mean, I get it. If you're a first-year teacher, yeah, you're just trying to figure it out. But if you've been in this profession three, four, five years, there's either two or three lessons, two or three things you do that are amazing. And I started a blog that summer mm -hmm. while I was going through the Google things. I had four posts in mind, just four things I could think of, whereas, hey, another teacher might benefit from hearing this because I do something cool. Mm -hmm. It's not even things that nobody else did, but just, hey, let me document it. And what that does is, one, it makes you feel a ton better. Mm -hmm. It makes you just feel like, oh, wow, I'm putting myself out there and I have some good stuff. And two, let's say you want to get edu out of education. Do you want to send somebody a resume or do you want to send somebody this thing you've created that tells, hey, in my job now, I do cool things, yeah. right? Yeah, so you and I have that in common because whenever I found that spark with Google blogging about it as well, and that was just a really good creative outlet for me because I wasn't doing something for my students. I was doing something for myself and to help and serve teachers. So that's where Burned In Teacher actually started was that blog about how I was using ed tech, but then I also decided to blog about my struggle with burnout as well. So um, you said something else that's really interesting. So do you feel like if you would have had another year in 10th grade that it would have been better and it wouldn't have been such a bad experience for you? So my first year of social studies was 10th and 11th. It was okay. US 1 and US 2. And the funny thing is, is that US 2 is by far my favorite subject. That's my 11th grade class. Mm -hmm. And I never I never taught that that second year that I was doing so much better and we were using technology. Nope, I never got to do that. Um, so it really was not about the subject matter for me. I think if I had dedicated myself to sharing my story with the world, hey, a blog post a month about something cool I'm doing, then yes, things would have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Having that device, and think about not having it to having it, how that hypercharges everything. That was the very first year of Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. So think about that kind of on, you know, that put that experience on steroids. And then think about, like, I, I attended an ed camp in New Jersey over right, the weekend before Thanksgiving. If you can do anything the weekend before Thanksgiving, do it because you have that four day weekend to come up to, to figure out if you want to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So a lot of that was circumstance, but I could have attended that ed camp without those devices. I could have blogged without those devices. In fact, those first few blog posts were just literally me taking some pictures of things in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, my kids were not on Google Classroom. They didn't have one-to-one -one devices, but I still was able to do that. Yeah. You sound, though, that you have a mindset of seeking growth, though. And I think that may have been, you know, you you admitted earlier that after 10 years of teaching special education that you felt like you were going through that type three, that under-challenged burnout. So mm -hmm. you, seem, you seem to be the type of person that does seek opportunities for innovation and growth. And do you feel like that's true? I mean, reading reading your post about taking risks and all the moves you've made as a teacher, um, it seems to be true that you do enjoy new experiences, taking risks and things like that. So do you feel like that has also fueled your your love for learning those new things? That is 100% true. And I'd also say, as I think Anthony would put it, look for the challenges that you and your school are facing and then say, okay, what can I do about it? That is a great way to just give yourself a distraction, give yourself something that you can then refer to later when you want to take that next step. Mm -hmm. It also sounds like you're encouraging people to become their own heroes. 
Well, here's the thing. No one else is going to. No one else cares that you do good things. No one else cares that you have any ability at all. So you have to. And you have to be the one to scream it to the world, whether it's your blog or your YouTube channel. I think most people, it's an easier point of entry to just start blogging, go to WordPress and just set that up. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of people in this day and age love to just vlog. Um, What I would say is if if you do this, think about what employers will see. You do not need to share with the world that, hey, um, teamwork makes us better or by reflecting, I improved. You don't need to share that. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Share what's unique. Share just some strategy or something something cool you did that another teacher would read and say, oh, I should try that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Or giving other people the uh, – giving them the opportunity to see that someone else – has struggled with this thing before and that Mm -hmm. they found a way out, you know, being able to be that influencer that, you know, that spark of hope that, um, that you're not alone because I know a lot of the listeners out there, they're listening because they have felt like they haven't had any other opportunities to be heard or to, you know, have someone in their life that has empathy for their situation, what they're feeling. So that that's a really, really good encouragement to get your story out there because there are people that will connect and that will learn from what, you have to say and what you're doing. I think if you write something or share something on the internet and one, one teacher says, oh yeah, wow, I'm going to do that. Then the honor is just, it's, it's amazing. That's, it's anytime a teacher says to me, oh Tom, I like that. I did that. I, I, it's wild. I still can't believe that that even happens. It is. That's, that's one life. That's one life that you've changed. And potentially forever, you know, to get them on a trajectory of success and happiness is it's really empowering. Today's episode is brought to you by Google University, five months, five Googly guided courses. If you want to learn how to use Google tools in your classroom, but can't find the time to learn or a substitute to cover your class for a full day of PD, then this professional learning opportunity is for you. This guided course option offers a weekly one-hour Zoom conference call with time for direct instruction of how to use a new Google tool, examples of teacher and student's use, and time for questions. Each week, you'll have time to practice either on your own or with your students, and then report back the following week with successes or learning opportunities that you had. Each course is taught within Google Classroom, where you'll find all of your slideshows, templates, and community to support you on your Googly journey. For more information, go to burnedinteacher.com slash Google University or Region 8's Education Service Center web address at r8esc.k12.in.us. You don't have to register for all of the courses or live in Indiana to participate. But each course does build on the one before it. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash Google University or r8esc.k12.in.us to learn more or register today. Courses for winter and spring of 2019 have already begun, so don't wait. Let me help you to burn on and get googly. But this isn't where you stopped. You didn't stop here and stay teaching uh, ninth, tenth, and or I'm sorry, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade social studies. Did you? No. So circumstance and life situations 
are real. You never know what the future holds, right? Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I'm originally from New York. My wife's originally from the Philadelphia area. I love New York, but I think I'm kind of obsessed with Philadelphia. I never thought of Philadelphia. I think the Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley is heaven. Anyone who says anything about bad about Philly, come at me. We're going to fight. We're going to do this. All right. <laughs> I, I love it in Philadelphia anyway. Um, but my wife and I were really just crushed by winters. And if you remember the, well, in Indiana, you wouldn't remember this, but the winter of 13 into 14 was epically terrible. It was the same here. It okay. was the same it, here. It was awful. It was we awful. lost power for a week. Mm -hmm. It was a, you know, when you think about the winter, as you grow older, it just becomes harder and harder. Some people love it. My wife and I are not those people. And we wanted to be somewhere where we could, we could be warm, but somewhat close to Philadelphia and New York and North Carolina was it. Mm -hmm. And so off I went to, to North Carolina. I had my blog at that time. I had my YouTube channel of lessons because I would make with Screencastify. I'd make little video lessons for my kids. And there was an ed tech position in Orange County, North Carolina, Gravely Hill Middle School. And the teacher, or excuse me, the principal, really great guy, Eric Yarbrough, he saw the email I sent where I linked the content. I, yeah, I put my resume in there, but I also linked like, hey, check out this thing I did. Check out my YouTube channel. Check out my blog. Get the interview. Get the uh, job offer. And that was amazing. I, I love it. You know, mm -hmm. what you said about how you know, impacting teachers. Yes, it's children first. Yes, it's all about the kids. And teachers are human and valid and they need to have, have, be fulfilled as well. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, that says a lot too about your administrator that they, that they're paying attention to those things that you're doing and they hold, they know it holds value and that you're, you're putting an extra effort to, to extend your reach further than your, just your teachers that you're working with in your school too, that you're taking the time to do that creation and serve, serve others. Well, and you know, Amber, I'm sure it's a pretty hot topic. Uh, teachers pay teachers, mm -hmm. uh, especially having worked in both Pennsylvania union state where teachers are fairly compensated. Maybe, Hey, they could be paid better, of course, but they're paid a living wage. And then you go to North Carolina and things are very different. And so mm -hmm. the thought to me of a teacher in North Carolina, West Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi, paying another teacher first. Oh, I hate that. I, just share and share alike. I get it. I get that sometimes people need another income. I, mm -hmm. I get it. It just makes me very uncomfortable. I like to just make and give and. That whole know. open, open resource. Absolutely. Is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how, how you could go either way on, on that, but, but I've struggled with teachers pay teachers as well. Um, I think there's some really good stuff on there for some good ideas, but on the other hand, I think sometimes it stifles creativity of teachers as well because you, you rely on other people and, and their creations to support your class. It may not be the best solution. So yeah, definitely be careful. <laughs> about your your reliance on things like that but I, it's hot button issues and mm -hmm. hot takes uh, on on uh, burned in teacher podcast amber <laughs> well i definitely appreciate people's opinions because it can cause others who are listening to to think differently you know about about their choices and and their teaching and their their view on their job and their profession overall so 
where did you go uh, after North Carolina? Or do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience there? Because it, your journey did not end there either. No, no. no. So I worked at, at Gravely Hill for two years. It was it was it was wonderful. It's nice when you have a, a staff of young teachers who are just open to things. They had devices. I will say, my first year there, the devices kids used were terrible. They were old and and awful. But these teachers wanted to engage with technology anyway, which was a great sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, we had these really nice Dell Chromebooks, and the teachers had to say, "Oh, wait." you're done with that assignment? Oh, because they were just expecting that it would go so much slower, right? Uh-huh. These old Windows 7. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> we'll edit around, out your hate on Windows. <laughs> hot takes, hot takes. Uh, anyway, uh, lots of love for Philly, though. Lots of love. Okay. So after a year there, I was accepted to the Google Innovator Academy, which you've been through, uh, Amber, and a contact there. I worked for, in San Francisco Unified School District. And talk about personal connection. My wife and I were engaged in San Francisco. We both have a lot of positive memories there and vacations and whatnot. And so the idea of working there really was exciting. And oh my goodness. So um, this job came up. I did some Google Hangout interviews and it happened. And awesome. off, off you go, right? <laughs> and my thought on my experience there, one, I was working in district office, which is very different than working in a school building. There's a lot of difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into all that. Uh, but the biggest thing I think for me is that San Francisco is a very unique place and it has a lot of unique challenges that other cities have, but it was not what I was expecting. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish in hindsight that I received the benefits of working there but for free. You know, Mm -hmm. when I think back on like moving the car out there and then selling the car and schlepping a bunch of stuff in a pod, it's so expensive. Working there was amazing in that, like, you know, I went to Google's main campus twice. I met a lot of really cool and interesting people, things that never would have happened anywhere else. But my wife and I love North Carolina. So Mm -hmm. here I am one year later, right back at a middle school in Raleigh as an ed tech coach in North Carolina, which is what I was doing (laughs) a year before. So you have had quite the journey in mm. your career and not just metaphorically, but you have you have literally taken a journey across the country as a teacher. So tell us a little bit about the lessons that you've learned as an educator who has taught and not just not just in a couple of different districts, but in a few different cultures, um, throughout our country, you know, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the difference in pay, but what are some of your main takeaways that you learned about yourself through that experience? Okay. Uh, I think first of all, expectations, when you do something new and different, really, you have to manage those expectations. Part of the reason I think things went so well at Gravely is that I saw the terrible devices they had and assumed it would be an uphill struggle. Mm-hmm. And that conditioned me to, to, that when little good things happen, those were, wow, I can't believe how great they are, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to manage your expectations. I think you have to realize that when you make a change, there are going to be a lot of intended and unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. I'll give you something very practical. If you're making a change, say special education to social studies or something like that, if you have block scheduling, that's a plus because you hit the reset button. I don't... I, I'm sure there's a lot of kids who really don't like block scheduling and it doesn't work for them. 
I think for teachers, it's somewhat of a godsend because you hit the reset button. You get that first day of school, the first week of February. Mm-hmm. That's that's that first year of, uh, in social studies. It was rough, but it was so much rougher in the fall. In the fall is when I really suffered. And I always, anytime I do anything, whether I blog, YouTube, anything, I always think about me at that time. Me getting there first thing in the morning, leaving hours after this, after school let out, how, what a bad place I was in. And if there's anything I can do to help a teacher in that circumstance, then that's, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to a teacher that is struggling struggling with knowing that they that they need to do something to change their situation or their their current reality what from the experiences that you've had with change and taking risk mm-hmm. what would you what would you say to them I, I would say get on your device open a new tab wordpress.com I'm sorry I'm not a blogger fan I like wordpress another hot take <laughs> um, open it up create a site and think to yourself, what are the two or three game changing things I do? Those are your two or three first blog posts. You make a little about, you make a little whatever. Here are the, here are the benefits that come to you from that. One, you, you tell your story and you see the positive things that you do. It's all in front of your face. Two, if you need to get another job, whether it's an education or not, you have something to point to. Mm-hmm. Hey, Think about it. At the end of 10 months or after the end of a school year, you do one a month. You have a resource where you could say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an interesting person. I'm someone you want to have in your building. Bam, right here. Even if you're even if you're going to work at a car dealership, the owner of the car dealership would say, oh, look at this cool stuff they did. Wow. Mm-hmm. OK, I want them on my team. Mm-hmm. That to me is that's step one. Do that. See where it gets you. You never know. I, you never know what could come from that. So I'm going to, I'm going to really challenge you to think even deeper about this. So I can imagine that we have some teachers out there that maybe that might be saying right now, Tom, I don't have anything that I'm great at. I, I am, I'm doing a terrible job. I am unhappy with everything I'm doing and I'm not doing anything well that would benefit anybody else. What would you say to those teachers? All right. A couple things. One, if you're in that position, think to yourself, okay, what can I improve? What can I do differently that maybe not now, but maybe in three or four months from now becomes that game-changing skill or that awesome lesson, right? You can do that. The other thing I would say is that you really should try. Try to get a little distance from it. Try to go off, you know, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or what a Christmas break break or whatever it is and try to get a little distance and, you know, be objective, try to be as objective as you can try to be a very positive person and look down into your classroom and say, all right, well, what do you do? Well, it might be as simple as looking at, at your day and saying like, where's the five or 10 minutes I am happy or do something I like. Mm -hmm. And then maybe that's the seed that it could be. I will say that when I developed when I developed my three or four first ideas, I would not have considered myself a great teacher by any means. I don't think I ever was a great teacher. I, you know, I was a teacher who found kind of my passion and my calling. Um, but you don't, 
when I think about the mistakes I've made in the classroom, come on, we all do that. We all have horror stories, right? You have game-changing skills. You have them whether or not you know the, know you do. So you just got to like dig deep a little bit. Having said that, if you're a first-year teacher, you're a first-year teacher. You don't even know what you don't even know yet, right? <laughs> right. By the end of, say, year two, year three, year four, I will say this. There's some 25-year-olds I've learned a lot from. So you, I'm sure there's something that you have that's game-changing. You just got to like figure it out a little bit. I love it. So you heard it from Mr. Mullaney. Everybody has something that they can write about, especially if you step away and become objective. So yes, I love this. I love it. Great advice. So do you have anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners out there tonight? Ooh, anything else? I'll say this. Um, if you're in that place where it hurts, where it hurts to get up, where you dread it, where Friday afternoon is the greatest feeling and Sunday night is the worst. I've been there. I know that feeling. I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to say like, it is true that nothing's forever, right? Nothing is forever. And one of the best ways to feel better, even if it's for a minute is to take a step, whether it's doing what I'm suggesting or, something that you suggest, Amber, or something that another one of your guests suggests, anytime you take a step forward, it feels better. It just does. Mm -hmm. That's all, you know, um, that's probably the most honest I can be about that. It's true. I've lived it myself. And everybody's step is different. So whether or not you feel like you want to write or you want to start a podcast or you want to start a YouTube channel, that might not be your next best step. But as long as you're thinking about your step you're going to take to move forward instead of staying stagnant, then you're progressing. (laughs) So even if it's a tiny little tiptoe forward or if it's a giant leap forward, any any move forward is forward on your journey out of burnout. So Tom, it's time for us to jump into our burned in teacher, this or that lightning round. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. All right. Car or motorcycle? A car. All right. Comedy or horror? Comedy. And hamburgers or hot dogs? Veggie burgers. <laughs> Thinking outside of the box. I love it. All right. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. You offered a lot of really great tips and advice. And I'm so, so grateful to hear of your your literal journey across the country. You're very welcome, Amber. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. As always, I'm leaving this interview with so many takeaways and tips. The first thing I took away is that My goodness, sometimes our expectations are so much higher than what we actually get. This makes me think of when we plan a vacation as a family. We love to visit national parks. We love to go on trips together as a family. And I heard somewhere not too long ago that sometimes the most fun part of planning a big trip or planning a party is the actual planning because you have these grandiose expectations and plans and you have in your mind the way things are going to go when in fact a lot of times what we expect is not what we actually get and that especially applies to teaching 
especially when I was a new teacher, I had tons of expectations of how my life was going to look at school. I had expectations for how I was going to teach and the things I would teach and how I would teach it. And I had expectations for my students and how they would learn it and how they would behave and if things didn't go well, what my consequences were. And teachers out there, you know exactly how that went. (laughs) So my advice to you is not to lower your expectations, but my tip to you is to definitely manage those expectations. And when things don't go the way that we plan, we cannot get down on ourselves and feel like it's because we are a terrible person or a terrible teacher. Tom says that When those expectations fell through for himself, he decided to tell a story because he felt like that was something that was game-changing for him. And that's when he got his computer out and created a blog and told his story and shared how he got through those tough times. And on the topic of expectations, anytime changes happen in our life, there are going to be intended and unintended consequences. My tip for you here is that instead of looking at it as a setback, look at those unintended consequences as extremely important learning opportunities. And when you learn those lessons, don't be afraid to share them. Something I love and that I really took away from Tom's interview is that if you open your computer and think about two or three things that you do that are game changing, you never know whose life you're going to touch and whose life you're going to change with your story and with your experiences. So here's what I want you to do. Go to burntonteacher.com slash podcast slash episode 17. And in the show notes of this podcast episode, you'll find a link to download your free downloadable worksheet where you can do some reflecting on some changes you've made, the intended and more importantly, the unintended results of those changes, and then what your next best steps are for addressing them. Because sitting in this place of unhappiness with those unintended results is only going to drag you down deeper into burnout. So let's take some action together. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash podcast slash episode 17. And of course, I'm going to ask you to share your thoughts at facebook.com slash groups slash burnedinteacher. We'll see you in there. That's it for this week's episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next week, take a deep breath. You are your own hero. And you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on. If you want to be updated on the latest Burned In Teacher Podcast episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher Podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Also, please consider leaving a review and leave a rating so that other teachers who are feeling the burnout can find this podcast to help them feel supported as they continue their journey out of burnout. Thanks so much.